0: Welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. I'm here in rainy but beautiful Amsterdam uh, where Field Service Europe just wrapped for 2023. Uh, And I thought I would uh, give you all a bit of a summary of um, the themes and topics and discussions uh, that came up here at the event over the last two days. Um, So I would be remiss not to start with my favorite session, which happened to be the one that uh, I had the pleasure of uh, moderating with um, uh, Electrolux. So I was joined by uh, Rainier uh, Welshin, who is um, best title ever, head of peace of mind uh, for Electrolux group, as well as Charlotte Louis Lee, uh, who is the business transformation lead and Yella Coppins, who is business process process expert for field operations, so um, these three folks uh, from ElectroLux um, have been intimately involved in uh, the company's um, journey uh, of service transformation. So, um, ElectroLux is uh, a company with a deep, rich history, more than a hundred years, um, and uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, overall shifted um, to a more customer-centric strategy and recognize that uh, service obviously plays a critical role in uh, its competitive differentiation and customer experience. Um, But at the time, uh, was working on a homegrown service management system um, that dated as far back as the mid-80s. So they knew it was time to uh, not only modernize the technology, um, but invest in a platform that would allow them you know, to really um, introduce more intelligence, uh, automation, and efficiency into their service operations, and also set the stage for a lot of the um, things they would like to be able to do in the future. So it is a um, global service transformation project that Electrolux, uh, has selected IFS for, um, that, uh, you know, is in its earlier stages. Um, it's been underway for, uh, for a while. Um, but this team from the Benelux, uh, has been, um, pivotal, pivotal to the beginnings of the project. So the team joined and, you know, talked not only about the catalyst for the change and, um, how the, technological upgrade will help them um, with their service differentiation. But they also shared a lot of the um, specifics around uh, selection criteria, um, change management, um, lessons learned. Uh, I think we talked about challenges as well as pleasant surprises. Um, and it was was a great session. Uh, those three folks um, from the Electrolux team are um, folks that I haven't had the opportunity to interview before. Uh, some of you re- may remember um, that Christopher Brun uh, from um, the the Stockholm uh, region has been on the podcast before and has spoke at some of our events. Um, it was my first time having the opportunity to uh, speak on stage with Ray, Charlotte, and Yella, and it was uh, great. They were all uh, wonderful, and I think the um, crowd here really enjoyed the session because it was just a very realistic view of what it takes to um, truly set a strong foundation for service innovation. Um, So that was great. Uh, But there has been um, a number of wonderful sessions over the last two days. So there was a panel discussion um, uh, on Tuesday um, about uh, continuous innovation in service. And one of the things that stood out to me from that conversation is... Uh, gentleman Matthew Skipworth uh, from Terex said, um, By 2030, I don't believe we will have a skilled workforce in our industry. So, quite a bold statement. Um, I'm actually hoping that I can get in touch with Matthew and he'll agree to come on the podcast and have a conversation about that. Um, but what he was saying is that, um, you know, by 2030, what he anticipates is, I think the way he put it was, uh, two feet and a heartbeat um, can do the work that needs to be done on site. So, really, essentially, the um, the source or the core of value uh, in service for the customer he believes will shift. Um, so, uh, it was interesting to um, hear that statement and also hear how the other panelists felt about you know some of the changes that are taking place in. Um, you know, more remote work, uh, more digital service offerings, self-service, all sorts of things that are changing, you know, what the traditional means of service delivery have looked like. Um, there was a women in service panel uh, yesterday with uh, Chiara uh, Mayela of Thermo Fisher, um, Anna uh, Bonerandi from Donaldson, and Maria Jose Aguado from Glory Global. Um, those three women, along with uh, Maureen, talked about, um, you know, the fact that most organizations are still really struggling to get women into service, particularly in frontline um, service technician roles. Uh, and, you know, they each shared a bit about their own journeys. talked uh, about how their companies are looking at that challenge um, and, you know, making changes in terms of. You know how job descriptions are written, um, and what mentorships look like, and um, you know it was it was an interesting conversation. I think it was Maria that said um, how often she's asked when she's traveling who's taking care of her children. Which, if you listen to this podcast or uh, read any of my content, you know is a sentiment that I uh, can fully uh, empathize with. Um, so. You know, they also spoke about how critically important in each of their own careers um, male mentors and um, advocates have been and how important it is to make sure that we aren't, um, you know, being anti-men, which, which isn't the objective here. You know, what we're talking about is the fact that um, women are just one uh, form of diversity that is still significantly lacking in the service sector um, and getting creative about how we can, uh, change that. Um, so it was a really, uh, good conversation. Uh, there was a a conversation, um, uh, later, uh, in the day talking about the evolution of the field workforce. So kind of tying into, um, Matthew's statement, um, earlier in the day about, uh, what he believes will happen by 2030, but talking about, um, you know, how organizations are looking at, uh, their, um, frontline workforce, what's changing, how they're upskilling or what different skills they're looking for, et cetera. Um, so that, uh, panel conversation had, uh, Didier DeVoe from Glory Global, Glory Global, Christophe, uh, from Sativa, um, Elena, uh, Lou Barco from Tetra Pak um, and was moderated by Alvaro Pombo from uh, Pronto Forms. And, um, you know, some of the things that came up in that discussion, one of the things that, you know, I've talked a bit about before and I think we'll continue to see is sort of the idea of segmenting um, work differently so that you can uh, allocate um, different strengths and skill sets to uh, different roles that need to be done in the field. So um, you know uh, different organizations share different examples of how they're doing that. Some I think they had like a a, a junior technician, a regular technician, a senior technician. Others is done by um, product line or um, you know area of, of specialty but the idea being that um, you know you have uh, different ways to segment the work, where you can align strengths to uh, the more technical jobs. You can align strengths to uh, the more relationship building or or customer centric um, aspects of the job, etc. Uh, another important point in that conversation was the importance of career progression and giving people a clear. Uh, picture when they come into an organization of what their opportunity is within the business and how they can progress through um, different, um, you know, training, uh, acquiring different skill sets, and ultimately progressing through different roles. Uh, And one of the things that I liked during this panel is actually uh, something Alvaro said, um, that I believe he said his father used to always say to him, which is thinking doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, And that struck me because I think um in service, you know, uh, a lot of our, um, a lot of what holds us back from the progress we could be making is that we, we don't want to think differently. We can make a lot of excuses for why things can't change. Uh, and I think um, a lot more would happen if we just took that advice, thinking doesn't cost a thing. Um, and did more creative thinking, more brainstorming uh, about what is possible instead of always tying ourselves to what we think is not possible. Um, There was a keynote presentation uh, this morning, Wednesday morning, um, from Rick Lash, uh, who uh, was on the Future of Field Service podcast along with Christine Myers. Um, They co-authored the book Once Upon a Leader. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode and would like to do so, it's great. It's episode 226. Um, But Rick uh, gave a keynote presentation on the importance of your leadership narrative. Uh, And it was such a great session. I had so many people coming up to me after just talking about how great it was to hear um, that presentation at an event like this. He was very much speaking about how you know, when we're young, um, we uh, start to form our story, who we are, um, why we are who we are, what matters to us, what our purpose is. And over time, um, our environment sort of can erode that and and often distracts us from our story or encourages us to um, focus more on you know, what our company's story is or what our, uh, you know, teams or customers or whomever's stories are and not necessarily staying true to ourselves. Um, and how as leaders, you know, continuing to, um, you know, understand your story, live your story, allows you to connect with your teams. It allows you to stay motivated, um, stay, uh, energized um, to do the work um, and really just how impactful it can be. And, and it was a great message. And I think one that resonated with everyone in the room. Um, there was a, a panel uh, discussion um, after on the circular economy. Um, so that was with Ralph Boots from Philips, uh, Zoltan Gal from ABB, uh, Costas Dincios from Frigo Glass, um, Marcel Van Beek from Go Mocha, and Marcus uh Hucko from LEDEC. Um, and that was a conversation all about how uh things like um refurbishment, uh, recycling and reuse um, you know, come into play when we talk about uh you know the intersection between service and how we can um, help the environment. Um uh things like how um you know, insights can be fed back into uh, product development um, to extend, uh, you know, product life cycles, make assets more um, serviceable. And then how that intersects with the topic of servitization, because obviously, as we've discussed on this podcast before, you know, if a company is is manufacturing a product for um, uh, acquisition um, price, and then, you know, the use of spare parts, et cetera, it's a far different Um, business model than if a company is manufacturing a product for uh, maximum life cycle and uh, cost of service. So how that um, plays a big role. Also, how companies are helping their customers with their sustainability initiatives, looking at things like um, helping them lower energy costs, uh, things like that. So, um, you know, I think it was uh, Costas that said, you know, we have to remember that this conversation is part of you know, culture, and it can sometimes be at odds with um, things that are uh, only focused on on reducing costs. And, and so we have to um, be willing to uh, look at the big picture uh, and think about um, value through those different lenses. So it was a really interesting conversation. Um, and then uh, there was conversation um, this afternoon with Andrea Pelizzaro of Alpha Laval, uh, Valeria uh Zimankova from Xylem, um Tajirk uh Smiths from Boston Scientific, uh, moderated by Jan van Been with more momentum, um, talking all about data uh, and um you know, really focused on the monetization of data uh, and using that as a service revenue stream, uh, as a as a value proposition. But you know, where the conversation kind of went is that. Uh, While that is certainly an objective for most organizations, um, it's really important to master the use of data internally um, for uh, the purposes of efficiency and productivity and, um, you know, knowledge transfer and and business decisions um, before you look at how to uh, put it to work um, in creating a new customer value proposition. Uh, So was interesting to hear where each of those companies are at on that journey. Um, Andrea spoke about a lot of the work that Alpha Laval is doing to, um, coach its sales teams on selling, uh, more value based, um, service offerings and, uh, you know, really working toward that end of, um, creating new revenue streams through these, uh, digital connected products and the data uh, and insights that can be gathered from them. So very well-rounded collection of topics here this week. Um, Great conversations. Uh, It was wonderful to see some friendly faces and meet some new folks as well. Um, So pleasure to be here. Uh, And um, I believe this is my last trip uh, to Europe for the year. Uh, We'll look forward to, uh, to coming back next year. Um, But in the meantime, stay tuned. Um, I hope to reach out to some of the folks that spoke here this week and ask them to come be guests and talk to you all on the podcast directly. Um, In the meantime, you can, of course, find content on very similar topics by visiting us at futureoffieldservice.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Future of Field Service Insider so you can get the latest content delivered to your inbox every other week. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more at ifs.com. As always, thank you for listening.